Welcome to another edition of What the Cross Means to Me devotional program. This is your host, Rob Holt, coming to you from Chico Life Radio. It is good to be with you as we contemplate fresh perspectives on the meaning of the cross. I am not a theologian, just a photographer who's been at it for over 30 years. And if a picture tells a thousand words, then yes, I guess you could say I preach to the glory of our Creator by capturing and sharing what the Creator has created. My mission is to share the gospel through my imagery, the spoken word, and the written word. This program fulfills the spoken part, and the imagery utilized for this devotional are of a singular cross on a lonely hill shot over a two-year period. The written word for this program is from a book I published about that cross collection. It matches 30 cross images with 30 original essays from a wide spectrum of Christian leaders sharing their insights on the cross. The book shares the same name as this program, What the Cross Means to Me, and each week I share a devotional inspired by the name of one of the cross images and ponder the wider meaning of the cross through the lens of Scripture. The image accompanying this devotional is The Breakthrough, which is an image from the early days of my capturing the cross collection, back when the entire hillside was covered with grass. But it would be very hard for someone to notice it naturally. This is because I'm sitting in the grass with the tripod as low as it could go and shooting up to the sky with the cross in between. Meaning, if one looks at the image, they see a cross in front of 99% sky, with just the tips of the grass, or some might say, hay, sticking out above the bottom of the image. The reason I am shooting up towards the sky is because there is a dramatic and breathtaking breakthrough opening between the deep and defined cumulus clouds, the type that you usually see in summer. The opening not only lets a shaft of golden rays rest on the cross, but opens up a window of beautiful and bold blue sky, a calming space in the midst of the storm clouds. It is as if God has given us a glimpse into the peace of heaven contrasted from the turbulence of mortal life. After the image called the power, this is the most popular image in the cross collection. And when I often ask why this image, many respond that it reminds them of a breakthrough God led them through, or that they are always keeping their minds stayed on the breakthrough, the principle and promise that the cross of Christ provides. Why the title, the breakthrough? Well, I was inspired by Micah 2.13, which says, He who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass by the gate, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. Now the prophet Micah was speaking to God's impending judgment upon Samaria and Jerusalem because of their widespread sin and general idolatry, covetousness, and abuses. The prophet was warning that the judge, God, was coming. Micah was not just referring to the leaders, but everyone who chose to do evil and who were oppressing the people of God, innocent people who had their 
home and property stolen, forcing many of them to live a quasi-slavery life under their own brethren. So, God declared through the prophet that judgment was coming, but more importantly that a breakthrough and restoration was coming for those who were living in oppression. Meaning, no matter what gates, obstacle, or roadblocks placed in front of us, the power of the cross of Christ engenders faith to overcome it. See Romans 8.28. In this image, the breakthrough, the setting sun is breaking through a clearing storm. And to me, there is a daily opportunity with the passing of each day, or the passing of each sunset, to have our sins cleansed and to be redeemed. Now, the technical definition of a breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle, an act or instance of removing or suppressing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction. However, my spiritual and artistic interpretation of this image is how a Christian should be so full of joy, so joyful, so full of light that the dark clouds cannot contain it. And the Christian directing or channeling their overflowing light of the Lord so that others can see, leading them to the cross and a path of light to eternal life in heaven. This image also brings to mind a literary work called The Cross of Christ, written by St. Augustine, an early church bishop and theologian. He is often referred to as St. Augustine of Hippo, whose original Latin name was Aurelius Augustinus, and who lived from 354 to 430. The area he was from was known as Hippo Regius, now Anaba in Algeria. He was Bishop of Hippo from 396 to his death, and he is known as one of the Latin fathers of the church, and perhaps the most significant Christian thinker after St. Paul. Augustine's adaption of classical thought to Christian teaching created a theological system of great power and lasting influence. His numerous written works, the most important of which are Confessions, The City of God, which shaped the practice of biblical exegesis, and helped lay the foundation for much of medieval and modern Christian thought. Said more simply, his extensive short quotes and lengthy writings shaped what Christianity, in all of its branches, has evolved to become. In Roman Catholicism and Orthodoxy, he is formally recognized as a doctor of the Church. And here is an excerpt from The Cross of Christ by St. Augustus. As they were looking on, so we too gaze on his wounds as he hangs. We see his blood as he dies. We see the price offered by the Redeemer. Touch the scars of his resurrection. He bows his head as if to kiss you. His heart is made bare open, as it were, in love to you. His arms are extended that they may embrace you. His whole body is displayed for your redemption. Ponder how great these things are. Let all this be rightly weighed in your mind, as he was once fixed to the cross in every part of his body for you. So he may now be fixed in every part of your soul. 
Now, there are many, like me, who believe the cross is a bridge from death to life, from our mortal bodies to a new eternal body in heaven. Or in the light of this quote, the cross is similar to a life raft able to ferry us across as we cling to it, across the river of death and to the shore of the promised land and onto and into the light and joy found in God's presence. May we never lose grip of the cross, no matter how hard the currents, rapids, and undertow pull on us. St. Augustine's poem reminds me of a scripture that has always been special to me, which is Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. It is reminiscent of how a breakthrough in a particular extreme and intense situation for a non-believer starts when that person becomes a Christian. In that hour when they became born again, when they accepted the sacrifice and asked Jesus into their heart, everything changed and all the situations they will face later are changed as well. Hebrew 10.36 states, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. One person put it like this, Be happy when you experience spiritual contention in your life. It means that you are on the verge of a breakthrough and promotion. Does that mean mature Christians can't look forward to times of rest and peace? No, there will be times of tranquility, especially in meditation and prayer. However, we still live in a sinful world full of disease, despair, and fallen angels who will try to distract us from our destiny. But this is another aspect of the mystery of faith. If we have faith that God has saved us, is with us, and in us, then why should we entertain any fear or doubt? This is why I said the breakthrough starts at the moment of redemption. During tough times, many Christians cry out for a major change in their particular situation. However, what if the breakthrough needs to occur in us rather than our circumstances? Tapping into that original redemption moment, which is still with us, is a way of letting go and letting God address the situation. In other words, going back to your first love. The next time you need a breakthrough, pray a prayer like the one in Psalms 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Then you will witness the breakthrough that God will provide. St. Augustine talks artistically about what this means from his perspective when he continues, He bows his head as if to kiss you. His heart is made bare open, as it were, in love to you. His arms extended that they may embrace you. Wow. We have several accounts when Jesus was being tortured and taken down a slow path to death. That he was more concerned about others, especially for their eternal destiny, than for his own pain. The words can have a special meaning to me and to all of us. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, worked through his decision to go through with the sacrifice. Jesus had the choice, and he chose to go through the passion of the cross for you, for me, for us. 
I condemned because of his love for you and for me and for us. And if Jesus, in the midst of agony, anguish, and despair, went out of his way to care for and praying for those who cause such pain, how much more for you who asked for his forgiveness and are striving to be his follower? Jesus took it upon himself all the sinful and hurtful actions that were ever committed, the hurtful actions ever suffered by the victims of the actions as well. Meaning, Jesus not only knows the pain and unbalanced, unstable mindset of those committing egregious sins, but he also knows what it feels like to be on the receiving end of those sins. Jesus on the cross had all the sins and hurtful actions ever committed placed in and on him. In other words, whatever has happened to you, he understands how it hurt and affected you. He knows what level it is still affecting you. And like a mother with a child that, say, falls off a bike, the mother will pick them up with a hug and a kiss saying, I got you, I will care for you, and I will heal you because I love you. Then it becomes about acceptance. Because some people, for whatever reason, hold on to their painful memories. I say let go of your family hurts, forgive one another, breathe in the healing of God, let go of all your doubts, exhale all of it, and believe. Let go of anything that prevents you from allowing Jesus to fully envelop you in his unconditional love. St. Augustine ends his poem with, Ponder how great these things are. Let all this be rightly weighed in your mind. As he was once fixed on the cross in every part of his body for you, so that he may now be fixed in every part of your soul. This perspective St. Augustine is leading us to is exactly why, in so many previous devotionals, I suggest that we make time to meditate on and about the crucifixion scene, not just about what he did for us, which most times is simply unfathomable and incalculable, but what effect it should make in our life. Once we really understand the magnitude of the sacrifice Jesus made for us, do we simply live on as before? And allow an analogy, just like every battery, in order to work as intended, has to have both polarities, opposing polarities, meaning positive and negative, or in this analogy, in and out, like a breath going in and out. One can say the breath in the Spirit of God with each breath, and then breathe out all of your sin. Breathe in the Spirit of God and breathe out all of your sin. Breathe out all of the hurt and doubt back to God. Meaning, we breathe in what Jesus did for us, and we breathe out his example in how we live. If you consider yourself a Christian, then you identify as a follower of Christ, which infers that you and that we are to emulate his life and actions in our life and actions. And he gave us his all for others. We too are called to give our all to others. And to who? Jesus said, when you have done this for the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. A good example here would be Billy Graham, St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. Dr. Muscati, or St. John Newman. There are many that we can learn from. They left it out 
on the field. They left it all out on the field for others, like Father John Newman, who died knocking on doors, literally in the front yard of somebody's house. We are called to pick up our cross daily. What does this mean to you? What is your cross? And does the cliche mean to carry it as if from the Praetorium to Golgotha or to be willing to to go all the way from Gethsemane to the tomb? Will you be willing to give it your all? St. Anthony of Padua said, Only by looking at themselves in the mirror of the cross can people come to understand what is their worth. Am I saying you should be expected to be killed for your faith? I'm not saying that per se, but you should be willing to. Hundreds, if not thousands of saints, beautified because of martyrdom, not miracles, tell us that death for our faith is something to be ready to accept. And not just be ready to give up your life, but to do so with joy. This is why I said... When you feel you need a breakthrough through an extreme situation, then focus on finding a breakthrough inside of you, a breakthrough that will allow you to overcome any situation. What I typically see is that many people see the breakthrough that they feel that they need is somewhere far off in the distance or way out in the future. Their bank account or an aspect of their health has been suffering and they feel that They need a way out of a tough situation, quickly. They pray, they cry out to God, they ask others to intercede, yet the breakthrough doesn't seem any closer. It's time to ponder a new perspective by way of a question. What if you are looking in the wrong place? Are you looking in the right place? It is easy to look for outside sources or a sign that a breakthrough has arrived, The victory isn't out there somewhere. It's much closer than that. Just like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is inside of you. A true breakthrough happens inside. In 1 John 4.4 it says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Have you ever noticed that quick fixes don't always work? At best, they put a bandage on the problem that may have put that person into a tough situation in the first place. The root cause is still active and is causing the need for breakthrough. The point is, some people don't realize that there's a high chance it was choices and habits that caused the tough situation. It means you need to break through every barrier and hindrance that's kept you from achieving your destiny in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, a complete surrender is required. Yes, we say things like, God is good all the time. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And nothing is impossible for God. All of these are true. But how many focus on the truth that God is in us? John fourteen seventeen says, He lives with you and will be in you. God is closer to you than the air you breathe or the blood that your heart pumps. So it seems like Christians, or many of them, are searching for a breakthrough from somewhere or from someone. They don't realize the answer is already with them, inside of them. There's another quote by St. Augustine that states, Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plant a tower that will pierce the clouds? 
lay first the foundation of humility. Instead of seeking a breakthrough at the macro level, put away the telescope and turn your microscope inward. Because when someone does that, they find it was their choices, actions, and habits that are preventing them from realizing this internal breakthrough. That is why I suggest going back to your first love. Recalibrate and meditate on when you first became a Christian. Focus on that day, at that very moment when you became born again. That day when you felt the joy of giving it your all to God, and in return, he exchanged sin for healing, joy, and peace, and exchanging darkness for the light of the Lord. As we see inferred in Matthew thirteen forty-three, The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. I visualize how a breakthrough in a particular situation can be manifested in a believer started when that person became a Christian, especially through the toughest nights when it seems that the hardest to keep our faith, I believe that the light of Christ shines even brighter the darker it is. Remember, dark is not the opposite of light. It is the absence of light. Light from our sun, confirmed by scientists to be a particle and a wave, and as a wave it oscillates between polarities, The wave travels up to positive and down to negative and up to positive and down to negative over and over and over again. What can we learn from this central truth of our universe and the dimension we live in? One thing I learned a long time ago is that we should not get too complacent when things are going good and not get too discouraged when things are tough. Life is full of good and bad at the same time. To be in alignment with Christ means to live within the positive and negative aspects not chasing the heights or trying to outrun the lows. The in-between is where belief settles into a knowing, a knowing that God is involved in the daily events of your life. And it is faith that allows you to regulate your grounding in God, not oscillating with the way, but live firmly in the in-between. When you are truly on the road of righteousness, which runs through the kingdom of heaven, then you will have a continuance of peace that people will feel from you. And when circumstances are great, you are in peace. And if the situation is really bad, you are still in God's perfect peace. To be truly awake is found in dying to yourself. Jesus said in Matthew 10.39, If you lose your life, you will find it. This is where true spiritual balance comes from. Foundation giving God full control, allowing Him to calibrate our life. It is where we find the power that we read about in the lives of the early church and the saints. It is a full-flowing and the prayerful lifestyle of, not my will, but yours be done. To me, this is what it means to take up your cross and follow Christ. If we are right behind Jesus, are we not in the shadow of the wings of the cross and the cross beams? And if you are willing to sacrifice your life with and in Christ, then you will also share in the supernatural power that raised Jesus from the grave. Rising with Jesus means you get to partake in an Easter dawn every morning. By giving up all your strength and natural power, you receive a higher divinity power, receiving more of the light of Jesus in you. And the more light you can let shine to all those you interface with. This is the reason I said any breakthrough happening now started at the moment of redemption. Good news. 
Jesus understands the root of the situation, and he came not to condemn us, but to call us out of the problem, from the outward extreme situation to an abundant life and restored relationship with God. Allow me to paint an extreme example. My parents were both drug addicts. My mom hit rock bottom after her husband landed in prison, as well as losing custody of me to the state foster program. A friend of hers who was a Christian invited her to church where she reached out and said, God, if you are real, then change me. Notice the ask. The Lord responded and she was radically changed into a woman of God. The husband, my father, heard about that and it sounded great to him. So he prayed the classic sinner's prayer in a classical altar call way and Then he repeated it several hundred times after that. In my opinion, he held on to certain deep-seated items and issues from his past. Along the way, he was constantly complaining about multiple aspects of his life. He was always looking for a breakthrough and a myriad of continual problems. Now, I do not recall hearing my mom talk about the need for a breakthrough for herself. Yes, she was an intercessory prayer warrior and she prayed for other people. And sometimes she would ask God for a financial miracle here or there. Sure, situations call for you to bring your your needs to God. It built her faith and planted seeds of faith in me every time God came through. But I never heard her complain to others about a need for a breakthrough. And with my father stuck in drugs and alcohol, a cycle of it for many, many years, a couple decades actually, My woman of God mother consistently held two jobs fully dependent on God instead of living on welfare. She had many situations where we were looking at financial distress, but I noticed it never shook her. My mom used to say, God is the king of the universe, so finances are the smallest of his miracles. She simply said her prayers and put her faith in God to meet our needs. And you know, God always did and in the most faith-building ways, and at the last minute, and always giving my mom a fresh testimony to share. Her prayers for breakthrough were always asking God to change her perspective on things towards His perspective. And she always looked at the current day through the lens of that first day God gave her the breakthrough over her bodily addictions and the rage in her soul into a spirit that was reborn. So when things are tough, you should not ask God to change the circumstances, but to change you, to take you back to your first love, seeking to be alive in Jesus. Praying prayers like, not my will, but yours be done, are crucial. No longer trying to control the situation and placing our faith into the hands of God, fully surrendered, fully committed. The next time you need a breakthrough, pray a prayer of humility, Asking God to use you for His glory. Now, if you are a Christian, have you been living in the perspectives I just shared? If not, I suggest you meditate on the paradigm of the cross. Why? Because it removes all possible fear, doubt, and insecurity. It allows you to choose God's will without overthinking it. Knowing that the truth of the gospel is that the worst case result of any scenario is the best case outcome for us. God's children. 
and it provides the joy of truly giving to others as Christ gave his all for us. Go and live in that perspective today. And if you have not accepted the incredible sacrifice Jesus made for you, then I suggest you contemplate what he did for you. Read the crucifixion accounts in the Bible, because if you do, I am convinced that you will thank him for his sacrifice. You will ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and you will ask him to dwell inside of your cleaned out and healed portion of your heart. Do that today. And with that, go in grace, and may God keep you in his perfect peace. Thanks for listening to What the Cross Means to Me, a devotional program heard every week on Life Radio. If you'd like to view the image discussed, like this essay's image, The Breakthrough, along with my other Verspirations, then check out Verspiration, singular, on Instagram. And if you'd like to support this cross-based ministry, sharing the message of the cross, then log on to RobbieHolt.com, that is R-O-B-B-Y-H-O-L-T.com.